Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. We are 24 hours-ish away from the final stop on the road to WrestleMania, Montreal, Canada, Elimination Chamber. It is going down. We've got so much to get to, not much time to get there. We've got the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther, joining the show in a matter of time. And this week... Conspicuous by his absence, my usual tag team partner, Mr. Kevin Patrick, being the magnanimous boss that I am here at After the Bell. I afforded KP the week off to enjoy some quality time with his lovely wife uh, to recharge his batteries, so to speak. And I was able to drum up a somewhat suitable replacement in the form of WWE on-screen personality, serious XM satellite radio host, wrestling fan aficionado. I am out of qualifiers and accolades uh you may know him as the kickoff shows sam roberts sammy good morning thanks for hanging out hey, thanks for having me and congratulations on the promotion i didn't realize you were the boss of after the bell so congrats on that man this is what they tell me all right i don't have a lot of actual say on what sees the light of day what the people get to hear but in my mind it makes me feel good that this is the one corner of the wwe universe that sort of belongs to me that i have a little bit of influence in and i've got a pretty damn good track record of speaking things into existence on this here podcast sam I've called out a few shots. I've called a few dream matches out, put it out into the into the ether, into the the realm, so to speak, that is the WWE universe and it's uh it's manifested itself, Sam. It's a pretty valuable thing and it's a it's a valuable position to be in. I I feel like you are a little abusive of the power and that there is sabotage going on. Um I think that you know, you rebuild, you build this beautiful studio in your place. And you go, hey, now that my studio is built, would you like to come guest host the show? I'm like, of course I would. And you're like, yeah, let's do it the only time that you can't be in your studio so that I am the one that looks professional. It's it's kind of, it's it's very wrestling to me. You know, it's very like, you know, like putting me, putting me in, in, in a not great position. Well, Sam, listen, I, I, I need the world to know this, that you in fact were, I believe, the first person to get eyes on my new custom after the bell studio because I could not wait to brag to you because let's be honest, the Sam Roberts in home studio is second to none credit where it's due. I've been there personally. It is quite the setup with the flip of one switch. Boom. Not Sam wrestling podcast comes to life. You've got many, many elements and you do most of it on your own. So that in and of itself is impressive, but I needed to let Sammy know that I'm, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you from my studio now. I am right there. We are one in one A as far as the in-home studios go in the wrestling podcast realm. It's gorgeous. What can I tell you? I told you then. It's gorgeous. I, it's, it's gorgeous to the point that I'm insecure about it and we'll probably have to start doing some redesigning. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. 
Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Speaking of the insecurity, could that have anything to do with the recommendation you made me to watch a film, Sam, to waste 100 minutes of my life that I will never, ever recover? I can't help but feel that after I suffered through Skinamarink at your suggestion, and let me clarify, you did not tell me, Graves, I think you're going to love this movie. You did not say, Graves, I saw this amazing movie. You should check it out. You did not do that. You said, I am curious to get your thoughts. <laughs> and Sammy, there aren't too many people who solicit my opinions on their own, right? I just give it to them. That's what I do for a living. I just pound you over the head with my thoughts. You made this suggestion. I went, you know what? I trust Sam's opinion. He's never led me astray. And I sat down and suffered. And suffered is the most accurate word for what I experienced for 100 minutes of nonsense, a film called Skinamarink. Uh, it's streaming everywhere. If you want to suffer, if you're a masochist, go ahead, pause the, pause the podcast, go check it out. If you want to feel the misery that Corey Graves experienced in your own home, Skinamarink is for you. And I single-handedly blame Sam Roberts. Look, I mean... A lot of people think it's a very creepy movie. A lot of people are scared by it and terrified by it. I've, if, if, to me, I try to be open-minded about things. If, if a fear of the unknown is scary to you, you might find this scary. But I've, and I didn't describe it to you at the time because I wanted you to have to sit through it. But if you like a movie where like there's things and they happen, then this wouldn't be. The, this wouldn't be the one for you. That was the review that the world needed. If you are <laughs> expecting a film where anything occurs for 100 minutes, this is not the movie for you. Yeah, it's kind of great. Like, if you like to opine, as you and I do, it's a perfect movie to talk about, hey, what do you think was happening in that movie? Because it could literally be anything. I mean, any, any you could just say... And I think somebody was at the grocery store the whole time. Okay, that's just as good a theory as anybody else's because nothing transpired. There was no clarity. And I would say by the end of the film, you have not moved an inch. You, 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 you haven't uh, narratively gone anywhere. Well, luckily, Sam, if we are looking for something to happen, if we are looking for something to sink our teeth into a form of entertainment that will most likely deliver as advertised, we needn't wait much longer. Elimination Chamber, tomorrow night, WWE on Peacock. Let's start at the top. What everybody is still buzzing about, Kevin Patrick and I discussed it in depth on this show last week. The whole world's talking about it. Everybody has an opinion. Sami Zayn will challenge the Tribal Chief for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. We are talking main event of the biggest WrestleMania yet in SoFi Stadium. Two nights. Roman Reigns right now is defending against Cody Rhodes. Until tomorrow night happens and everything could be turned on its head courtesy of the once upon a time honorary use. I mean, it's, a, it's an insane thing that we're seeing because we really are looking at 
a story that is now intertwined into other stories. What started as this bloodline story was then intertwined into this Sami Zayn bloodline KO story, which shoot it off into just a Sammy leaving the bloodline and the bloodline falling apart. But over here, we've got Cody who's trying to complete his story, which has now become a part of the Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, what is now Cody Rhodes story. And I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting to me because you're right. Usually you go into the elimination chamber and the big X factor is who's going to win the elimination chamber match. And what will that affect have on WrestleMania. There's a world title match, but we usually have a pretty good idea of of where we're headed for WrestleMania. With this one, you've got three different, four different, there, there are so many different matches, especially over the course of a two-night WrestleMania, and so many different scenarios that you can concoct. I don't think anybody can fully call how this show is going to end. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that to me is the most exciting part because as we saw this past Monday on raw, the interaction in the ring between Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes and Cody of all people saying, Sammy, I want you at WrestleMania, go do the damn thing. Go knock off the tribal chief. Perhaps. Uh, so I don't have to, perhaps. So I, I know that, uh, I have a better chance of winning because let's be honest, Roman Reigns looks downright unbeatable. Nobody can bet against the tribal chief. I don't blame Cody for going, uh, okay, hey, Sammy, dude, please, more power to you. If you can beat Roman, I will happily meet you at WrestleMania because I think I've got a better chance of achieving my dream of finalizing the story. It, it's, there's really a lot of layers to this. And in order to muddy the waters a little bit more, I want to draw a little bit of attention to Jay Uso. Now, we know that per the tribal chief, the Usos are not welcome at Elimination Chamber, but that interaction on SmackDown this past week where we saw Sammy acknowledge Jay and somehow we at WWE have not brought it to the forefront, leave it to Twitter to do this. It came about that the first person to ever pin Roman Reigns in WWE was Jay Uso. It was a Survivor Series match some years ago. This is when the Shield was still running roughshod over everybody and Roman had not been pinned by anybody and it was his own cousin then. And now we've got to this point where Jay Uso, to me, is maybe the most compelling character on WWE programming. Where does Jay fit in? Is Jay the one who blows up the tribal chief? Is Jay the one who really initiates the downfall of the bloodline? Where does this go? We'll have so many questions, and hopefully we get some answers on the way to WrestleMania, but even after Mania, this thing could go any number of ways. And there's so many little things going on with Jay Uso right now. The fact that he was on SmackDown and he did rejoin with his brother and he and his brother looked real happy to see each other, right. but, but he didn't go and hang out with, with Paul Heyman. He didn't go and try to reunite the family. He went and, and he looked happy to see Jimmy and he looked happy to see Sami Zayn when the two of them had that conversation. If you listen, like, and I, you know, I love the details it, it harkened back to, to two years ago and, and the story that was going on between Roman and Jay back then. And it was when Jimmy was out of action. The right-hand man. Jay, before he was the right-hand man, he was main event Jay Uso. That's true. And if you watch SmackDown, Michael Cole referred to him as main event Jay Uso. And it all it all came flooding back. And, and, and to, to see the tension that Paul Heyman 
and Jimmy Uso had closing that episode of SmackDown where he's where he, per the orders, like you said, the Usos are going to stay home. But that you see a lot of things. What stood out to on me, Sam, television. What, right. Was when we realized that Heyman were, was lurking behind the pillar Oof. and then asked Jimmy, did, did he say anything? And Jimmy had his brother's back in that moment, right? Day one ish since the beginning, the Usos have one another. And even despite all of the chaos and questions surrounding Jay Uso, Jimmy still had his brother's back first before the wise man. To me, that doesn't bode well for the future of the bloodline as a cohesive unit. But man, look at the look at the layers in this story, Sam. This is this is Shakespearean. You want to get a layer? You want to get Shakespearean? Because it just when you I love it. OK, I got you all hey, wound up, Sam. Yeah, I like it. I like the I fire in your eyes this morning. Heyman is lurking in the background, right? And he says, did you talk to him? And Jimmy says, no, but Heyman knows he did, right? Okay, so, so when was the last time we saw a scenario like that? It was when Jay was talking to Sammy and he knew Sammy had spoken to Kevin Owens. And right. Sammy said, no, I haven't spoken to him. And Jay saw that now we're coming full circle. And are we going to let that happen again? Is, is, is Roman and, and is Paul Heyman, are they more sensitive to scenarios like that? Because they know how this thing ended with Sami Zayn. And what was Paul talking about? What did the tribal chief see on television that he wouldn't have seen live? Because that's what Paul said to Jimmy at the end of that episode. It's so fascinating and it's so much fun to be able to have this conversation, Sam, you and I, as two lifelong fans of this game, of this business, yes, we're on the inside now, but to be able to step back and look at the story and watch it unfold and discuss it like you and I would discuss Game of Thrones or Yellowstone or insert huge, massive Emmy-winning TV hit here, that is how well this story has been told and how many wrinkles and layers and twists and turns it has taken us all on to where, to go back to the Royal Rumble, for the last 10 minutes of the broadcast, Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, and I did not say a word. We didn't need to. It has been so masterfully told. And here we have Sami Zayn potentially blowing up the whole thing tomorrow night. Does he get it done? We don't know. And here's how, here's how masterfully it's been told and why tomorrow night and that, that uh, undisputed Universal Championship match is in such question. It's because a lot of times we can get a feel for what we as the audience want. And more often than not, you know, that's kind of the direction that things are going to go, right? But if you look at the last two weeks, if you look at, at, at Monday a week ago, we're going in going, uh, I don't know about this Cody thing. We really want to see Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. That's the WrestleMania match we want. Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. And Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes get in the ring together. And after one conversation, it's like, oh my God, I have to see Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Four days later, we get to SmackDown. And we're going like, okay, I'm ready for Cody versus Roman. And Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn get in the ring together. And you go, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. I want to see Sammy. I want to see Sammy versus Roman. I want to see Sammy versus Roman. Then this week, three days after that, Monday Night Raw, Cody and Sammy get in the ring together. And you go, wait, I think I want to see Cody versus Sammy. It's like, we, it's so, it, it just feels so good as a fan when you're going on that ride 
with them. The, the story that's being told, everything is just hitting on every cylinder. It's truly magic. And it's because it's win, win, win for yes. everybody. Whether you are a, basically, unless you are a Roman Reigns fan, you are enjoying every step of this this way. If you hope Roman Reigns wins, all right, maybe you're not, maybe you're shaking a little bit. Or you believe so blindly in the tribal chief that it doesn't matter who heads to WrestleMania to challenge him. He's going to smash him. He's going to stack him and keep on being the tribal chief. And the bloodline could live on in harmony for another two years. We talked about it, Kevin and I, on this show a few weeks ago. The bloodline is a, as a faction and a story, really has no expiration date in WWE. Because it's a story in a world inside the WWE universe. It's its own world. Like, much like, I, and I'm, I'm going to send some some listeners your way because I listened, uh, it was a few weeks ago, you discussed Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt's role and how he fits into the WWE universe and how he could almost be this parallel being of his own that exists in the WWE universe. Uh, I, I'm, if you're listening to this, ATB fans, uh, check out Sam's podcast. Where can they find that? Not Sam Wrestling is up uh, wherever you get podcasts, wherever you got this one, Spotify, wherever. You just search Not Sam Wrestling and you'll be able to find it. And head back a few weeks and listen because Sam broke it down in in very uh, intelligent manner how Bray could exist for a long time as a story unto himself. The same goes for the bloodline. The bloodline can keep going and exist and get stronger and get weaker and fracture and rebuild and all of these different things independently of everything else we're excited about, independently of everything else going down at the Elimination Chamber tomorrow night. Austin Theory defending his U.S. title inside the Elimination Chamber. It doesn't look like a a, a great outcome. It could be a very long night for Mr. Theory uh, because he's in there with a stacked roster. And with the exception of Seth freaking Rollins, I think a lot of hungry guys looking to make this their opportunity to prove that they belong not only in WWE, but maybe at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that elimination chamber match, the, the United States championship match. And what I like, and I think what we saw on Monday specifically on, on raw with Austin theory is that I'm feeling really good about Austin theory because with everything that's going on, everybody is trying to make that mark at WrestleMania season but I think that a lot of people are trying so hard to make that mark that there's different stories and different focuses for each of the people in this match. I think that in terms of being the United States champion and having that be the singular only goal going into that match, the only person who is truly singularly focused on that title is Austin Theory. You know, you've got... Bronson Reed, who, for the record, I have no idea how anybody would be able to beat him. His 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 biggest strength in the chamber match is that how are you going to beat him? He's uh, he's unbeatable, right? But that said, he's in this mode of of reminding the WWE universe who he is. He's in this mode of just of, of just showcasing everything that is Bronson Reed. Obviously, we saw Seth Rollins. Not that he can't handle more than one thing on his plate, but He's got a lot going on right now. Spread He's got Logan Paul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Damian Priest, who's like, you know, I want to go into WrestleMania as the United States champion. He's also got this whole other, there's Edge over here. There's Ray and Dom over there. There's a lot going on for everybody in this match. But Austin Theory has done such a good job of keeping his focus on his title. 
And and that's kind of what I'd love to see play out in the match. I can't wait to see. I, I think it's too close to call, too close to pick. But while you're on the topic of dominance, on the topic of defining a championship, we need to look to the other side of the coin, the blue side of things, the Friday night SmackDown side of things. No, he will not be competing at the Elimination Chamber event, but I can just about assure you our guest has big plans for WrestleMania. He is the longest reigning intercontinental champion of the 21st century. Please welcome to After the Bell, Gunther. Gunther, 253 days. 253 days you have held the Intercontinental Championship, making you the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of the 21st century. As someone who has grown up with a, an overabundance of respect and passion for this business, what does that accolade mean to you, despite all you've accomplished in the past? Um, I mean, I'm not done yet. No, of course not. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm focused. Like, I'm just focused on whatever is next, but... Obviously, all of that, like all the numbers that get thrown around recently and stuff, that's it's a little bit like wind underneath the wings, like and a little bit of uh, extra motivation, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I think it's a great accomplishment so far. Um, I'm very grateful for that. And uh, yeah, the Intercontinental Championship definitely is one of the most prestigious titles in WWE. And just to put my own stamp in the history, of that title that yeah that's that's very rewarding and yeah if i look at it nothing if nothing back 15 years ago or something it's surreal as well i gotta be honest <laughs> yeah no doubt about it. i do i do like that you defended immediately i'm not done it doesn't stop at 253 <laughs> i'm not was not, was not implying that in any way shape or form i'm enjoying it i <laughs> How do you, uh, with the way you defend the title, I think it's very different from intercontinental champions of past just because you're a different type of competitor. Graves and I have talked about you on this podcast about the the authenticity that, that, that you come to the ring with, you know, above and beyond just about everything else as well as the pain infliction that seems to be there. You know, I go back to like uh, the Clash at the Castle match uh, that you had with Sheamus. And like for me... That word Shakespeare, Shakespearean, gets thrown around a lot, but a lot of times it gets thrown around uh, when it comes to, like, interviews and dialogue and stuff like that. Uh, that was one of the rare times where I watched a match, and at first I felt like it was just this, this brutal beatdown of two of the toughest people I could ever hope to see on a television set, but eventually I'm, 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 I'm going on this journey with you guys, there's this there's this story that's being told through this physicality, uh, the likes of which we really haven't seen in the WWE before. Is that a, a journey that you're conscious of when you're on it in the ring, or when you're in the ring, is it just business? I mean, first of all, thank you um, for that. Uh, that's a very nice compliment. But uh, yeah, actually, in in the ring, in the process, I'm not. I don't know. I'm focused on the task and just give it my best. I'm really, there's tunnel vision and I just go and do what I have to do. But overall, yeah, I don't know, I always felt everybody identifies with struggle. So to create that struggle in a match will always help to yeah, make everybody believe in it because everybody can relate to that. Everybody struggles in one way or the other. So yeah, talking about that match with Seamus is obviously one of my favorite matches in 
my career. So it was a very, I think for both of us, it was a very special night. We had our individual meanings to it and experiences that night. But I'm, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. And also to do it in Europe was a very important moment for myself too. Um, all of that coming together now, it's really paying off because everything I created about myself or the identity about myself that was, that was created in Europe. Like that's where all the real work, if it makes sense in that regard happened for me. So to have that moment in Europe on that platform, that was, yeah, was really full circle for me. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Talk to us a little bit about what it's meant to have Imperium back in full force. Obviously, when you first arrived on SmackDown, you had Ludwig at your side, but now Giovanni Vinci has rejoined the fold. Uh, you guys are back at full force. Imperium is complete once again. What has that meant not only for you, but the trio as a, as a cohesive unit, having all of its parts together on this journey in WWE? Obviously, it's great now that we're all together. And that was the plan for a long time anyway, and especially for. Giovanni was hard because when we went to SmackDown, it was just Ludwig and I at first. So we got so we got split up, and that was it came out of nowhere too. So that was very hard, especially for Giovanni, but also for 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 Ludwig because they always planned to be a team, and now everything changed. But I think looking back now, it was a good experience for everybody involved because now we can work, travel, and do all those experiences with 
like my two closest real friends as well. Ludwig, I know since I started wrestling, like he started a year or two later. And since then, we've always been together at events. We lived in almost the same part of Germany. So we traveled together almost every weekend. And we've been doing this, yeah, side by side for over a decade now. So yeah, obviously being, being with him means a lot now. So is it safe to say that Imperium is is as much of a, a lifestyle as it is just a faction that you see on TV in that there is genuine friendship and relationship between the three of you and going with with all this history? It's not just three guys who show up to the arena at separate times and walk to the ring together. You guys are Imperium all the time, no? Oh, yeah. I think we definitely are in, in one sense. Obviously, there's a, there's a mode at work and there's a mode when we are who we are, but... Uh, it's it's a team effort. Like everybody's giving his best. We try to work as hard as possible on the things we can have influence on, uh, and try to make the best out of it. And I think that's something that yeah delivers to the ring as well. That we are not just three random dudes put together. That there's meaning behind it all, and uh, a certain amount of of backup on a real friendship level in real life. Uh, when you talk about Imperium, right? I mean, obviously, the the whole kind of message behind Imperium is that the ring is sacred, and that you're generally described as 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 throwbacks. There's 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 a throwback. We're trying to take this back to what it was. When we when when that gets talked about, who who are you talking about? What are we what are we throwing back to? Who are the influences that Imperium looks at and goes, yes, that is that's 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 the model that we're modeling ourselves on? How it all came together was actually when Marcel Ludwig, back then Marcel, when we wrestled in, in Germany, uh, his father would still be around. His father was a very successful wrestler in Europe, or especially in Germany and Austria. Axel Dieter? Yes, Axel Dieter in the, in the 70s. So he was a little bit of a older gentleman already, but he would still be around at the events on the weekend and telling tales to the younger wrestlers and stuff like that. And... We watched a lot of his interviews, like those little short TV clips that they had on Austrian, the German German interview. And he would always be the one from all the other guys in there that would always make sure that he only talks about the sport in the highest regard possible. Like he he really paid attention to make it come across like a elite sport, like elite competition. And that's something we, uh, yeah, we, we kind of took then just ran with it and kind of like made it our own thing because we thought it's a great idea to great idea to have because it, it's kind of like the opposite of what everybody else is doing right now. It's good to, to, to play off from that. And then with the time, it just, the thought developed and then there was actually Timothy Thatcher. He, he came to Germany a lot and he was the one with the music already. That was his music before. And he was the one who did, he did that pose. And he was a very basic, like he, his wrestling style is just, basics like he he's a great technician very efficient and no nonsense and we were like hey we really identify with that guy and we have, we got along in real life as well we said hey let's start that start that thing and start that uh, identity and that's where it all began still to this day we kept it it's such a unique concept and it makes so much sense when you explain it like you just did that if you as a competitor hold our business in such a high regard, you would think most people would look at it 
in that same manner. Or the goal is to have the general public look at it with that same reverence to understand and respect the work that is put in and that this is a sport. While it may be sports entertainment, it, it still requires an incredible amount of athleticism, pain, dedication. And I think maybe it, it's, it's unfortunate that it's not spoken about with that reverence. And I admire that now understanding the mission of Imperium under understanding Gunther's mission and what it means that the mat is sacred. It's that, Hey, not every Tom, Dick and Harry sitting in the third row can do this. You should respect it. Like you would respect any form of art or any form of athletics. And that makes a great deal of sense to me. And I would imagine to a lot of people. Yeah. And I mean, I always thought if I don't take this serious, then who else, who else, should, who else right? would, Right. Who, who, who else would, right? But yeah, the, but that was the whole idea behind it. And we thought it's that that should be our identity in the ring because that's, to a certain degree, that's really us. And that's when the authenticity comes into play because there's no nobody needs to put an act on or anything like that. That's just who we are and how we identify. Well, and that authenticity comes through the screen, no doubt about it. Talk to me about the Royal Rumble match. It's been well-documented, and, and forgive me if I'm asking two questions at the same time. I, I just, I've read a lot of your interviews. I know you've spoken about your body transformation and what you put yourself through physically to become uh, the ring general we now know and see on Friday Night SmackDown each and every week. You lasted one hour and 11 minutes in that grueling environment of the Royal Rumble match. Are the two related, and was there a goal when you set out, when you started out the Royal Rumble match? Was it a, a conscious thought that you had that, this is my first time in this deep water, in this physical condition. Were they related or, or did you not put two and two together? Uh, no, they were not related. Uh, I got to say, I always used to be, even when I was heavier still, I got to say, I never had like an issue with stamina or something. I had right, really long, sure. Really long matches before. But I got to say, it was still a lot easier now than it is than it used to be, even though I didn't have issues, obviously. But yeah, going into the Rumble, like, um, obviously, if you start at one, you have to, yeah, you have to struggle for all of it if you want to make it, right? But I like those situations, if that makes sense. But it's like, call it, let's call it a high pressure situation. That's not, but a challenging, challenging situation where you know, okay, I don't really, I'm not hundred percent sure uh, how things are gonna go down. Now. And when I heard that I was supposed to go in as one, I was excited. I think that's the best spot in every rumble. I think the number one is always the one who. At the end of the day, if if he makes it, he will earn everybody's respect. There's no there's no way around it. It's a, there's, I think there's a difference if you win as 30 or if you win as number one. There's a big difference. So going into that, I was excited. And I would agree with you. I mean, aside from Cody Rhodes, who was the only man to be, to be able to outlast you in the Rumble match, the world was talking about Gunther. The next day after the Royal Rumble match, it was, yes, Cody won, but my God. Gunther is the star we thought he was. Cody was on this show about two weeks ago, and I asked him about that interaction, how the last 10 minutes of the Rumble match was essentially one-on-one, -on -one, Gunther and Cody, and he actually credited you. He said, it wasn't until Gunther chopped me for the first time that I realized I was back. And he referenced the pain and it needing that, being in a fight. When you're in the ring, it is a struggle, to your point. And if you don't feel like you're in a fight, are you going to be up to the task? Are you going to perform your best? And Cody said, despite all the adulation and the fans and the great reaction when he made his return to the ring, it wasn't until you blasted him that he went, oh yeah, I'm back and I'm in a fight. 
So much so that he said here on After the Bell, on his list of, of aspirations, Cody Rhodes wants Gunther one-on-one in Europe, preferably. That was Cody's request. He wants to experience what he did with you in the Royal Rumble match, but on your home turf. Does that sound attractive to you? I mean, obviously it does. I think when like when I knew that scenario would go down with me and Cody at the end, I knew, well, I gotta the guy was out for a little bit. Since then I was able to work my way up and I was like, okay, I have to introduce him to the new reality over here. That was kind of like my attitude going into that. And yeah, obviously that was just a taste, I think, for everybody. I think Cody is one of those guys where that's the perfect match for me. The perfect opposite, if that makes sense. I think the match is right there whenever it needs to happen. If it would happen in Europe, obviously, it would be fantastic. Before we uh, before we move on from the Royal Rumble, something else happened that night. And I think it relates to you also uh, talking about how seriously you take this. Somebody else that takes what they do extremely seriously in the ring is Brock Lesnar. And that's a match that especially I, I feel like the conversation has picked up immensely in the last several months. It's just it's just the more fans, I think, Gunther, see what you are capable of, the more fans want to see at some point Gunther and Brock one on one getting hands on him and, and you two exchanging blows for that limited amount of time in the Rumble match. What did that feel like? So obviously I mentioned that before, like that's a match I definitely want to have at some point uh, in my career. And obviously there was a lot of talk about going on, especially online, but sometimes what is the thing online doesn't translate to the live reaction. So I think that little moment I had with him there, that that was all I needed right now, because that was just the, the, the real life confirmation, if that makes sense, that, yes. that people are up for this. So I was really happy with how everything uh, went down. And I said that before, like people portrayed me as like a, some sort of an end boss character sometimes. And if there, if I have one end boss, I think Brock is the one. So let's see if everything aligns at some point and this can happen. Brock Lesnar is the end boss for the end boss Gunther. Wow. Wow. Did my job for me. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come it it on. writes itself. Sign me up. That's what I said during the rumble. And I still, I still believe it. Sign me up for whenever it's available. Gunther, you have, uh, you've really elevated the intercontinental championship during your reign. And primarily your title defenses have been on television. And this is something sort of of a bygone era in the days of television championships. That's not exclusively when you defend your title, but what has it meant to you to have that time, that opportunity on a network as big as Fox to have several million people week after week, get to see you do what you do tonight. Also, you'll be defending yet again against Madcap Moss, but what has that meant to your reign and you personally to have this opportunity? Yeah, that's all you can ask for, really. If you, if you're the champion and you get the prominent positions for for your matches, defending the title, that's all you can ask for. I know. I think like sometimes there's with fans there's like a misconception when when there's like a, a premium live event and there's no IC title match on there. I don't view defending the title on SmackDown live on Fox on a Friday night in the to open to open the show I think that's a fantastic position and I would always take that with a with a kiss on top absolutely and to me it was always important when 
I'm the champion that I set up myself and the matches in, in a certain way. I grew up watching the big championship matches in Vienna at the tournament when Otto Wanz defended his titles against Vader and whoever came in uh, from, from, from overseas. And the presentation of that was always just felt big time. It was like a different vibe to all the other matches on the card that day. And that was always something where I felt that I need to take that into consideration as well, especially as with the character we have, who we are. So I always like to do my best to give it like a, a big fight feel, uh, if that makes sense, and have a certain structure and build to those matches. Oh, it makes sense. And trust me, mission accomplished on a regular basis. <laughs> it always feels big. Whenever I know the champions defending on SmackDown, man, it is, is appointment television. It's must-see TV. In relation to that, part of this reign to me that's been special is the variety of opponents as well. You know, that 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 you've you've wrestled a lot of different people that wrestle a lot of different styles. A few weeks ago, you had a 20-minute classic with Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman doesn't do that many matches that are that length, that are that he's usually, you know, you know, slam and bam and done. Do you have a a preferred style of opponent? Because you've gone, you you'll it'll be Braun. It'll be Sheamus. It'll be Ricochet, right? I mean, it's, it's it, you're totally running the gamut there. I would say, for me personally, I think the ideal scenario for me is to have a small opponent, typical David against Goliath situation. But that's just personal preference, and I take joy out of all the constellations because you mentioned Braun. It was a total different situation for me out of nowhere because I re I rarely wrestle anyone that is taller than me, stronger than me, uh, heavier than me. Usually it's smaller or same category about that. Yeah, and tonight is going to be a similar situation because Matt Capmos is, I mean, look at these guys, like an elite athlete. Crazy amount of power, crazy amount of speed in the ring. Like when he hits the ropes, I, I remember that I watched him wrestle in England for NXT UK a few years back and I saw, uh, and I saw how that guy hit the ropes and the kind of speed he created. I was, I was really impressed with that. So that's a, again, that's a new scenario for me because when it comes to athleticism, he's gonna, he's gonna be better than me in any, in any regard. So now I have to find a way that, yeah, to, to be able to control him and take that advantage of, away from him. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting going into tonight's match and I will have to come up with a very, different approach than usual. It's glaringly obvious that you focus on the task at hand. That is how you exist. That is how you compete in WWE. But I'm going to ask you to step outside of that zone for just a minute because we are on the road to WrestleMania. WrestleMania is on the horizon. Two nights, Los Angeles, the biggest spectacle in entertainment. If Gunther has his way, what does WrestleMania look like for you and Imperium? I would say this. I would defend the Intercontinental Championship 100%. And I think Gio and Ludwig would be challenging for the tag team titles. Imperium could leave LA with a lot more gold than they currently already have. That would be the ideal scenario, yes. <laughs> I love it. I, I was telling Sam, we have a bad habit of speaking things into existence here on ATV. We, we talk about it, we put it out into the universe, and the universe seems to listen. So so there we go. But yeah, I'm also in general, WrestleMania around the corner, also, the dimension of that WrestleMania in Hollywood, I think at least at, at the moment, everything is a new record gets broken and broken and broken with, with, with numbers and stuff. Um, so I'm really excited for it. I feel there's already a lot of excitement 
for WrestleMania this year, even though there hasn't been anything announced. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's a little bit more excitement going into it very early on already than usual. Is it is this where you saw yourself? Like, it doesn't feel, it was probably longer ago, but it doesn't feel like it was that long ago that, that people were telling me about you. Have you seen this guy? Have you seen Gunther? He's out here. He's doing this. He's at this, you know, at this show. He's at that show. And it's just this, this, this buzz about you built and built and built. And then you show up in NXT and NXT UK and you have that reign and now you're on SmackDown. And now we're talking about WrestleMania and like, we're talking about the potential of you defending the champ, the intercontinental championship in front of a stadium full of people. Is that something that you envisioned? Like, yes, this thing that I'm doing here, whether it was in Germany or elsewhere, this is something that I'm going to bring to that massive, giant stadium show. No. No, I never did. But to be honest, it was never my goal either. Like, I, I don't know. It was never, I just, I've just always been in the moment, I kind of think. Uh, my, my big goal years ago back then was, I just, just want to be a wrestler and make a living off it and make a little bit of money with it. That's all I wanted. So that was, and when I was able to do that, to do that, to, yeah, do it fully professionally, then everything kind of like fell in place. I just took the opportunities and uh, went with it. But for years before, I was just focused on, yeah, how to get, how to become better and how to understand wrestling more and stuff like that. And I think like there was a good amount of years where I just really focused on that and grinded. And then I guess the word got out that we've been doing pretty well. And then everything just fell into place. Wow. Well, we hope for your sake that things continue to fall into place, whether it be tonight on Friday night, SmackDown or at the upcoming showcase of immortals at WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen, the intercontinental champion Gunther Good luck to you, my friend. I'm enjoying everything you're doing. The world is watching. And now we understand why the math's sacred. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Sam, I know I'm not the only one who is just impressed by Gunther as a human being. The stoicism, the straightforward answers, the ability to explain and justify why he is who he is. Man, it just makes me want to see more. It really does. It's like it's, it's all thought out like this stuff that you're seeing it's not nothing's happening accidentally everything is extremely deliberate i love it it's great it's great well i had a blast with the intercontinental champ and unfortunately i uh, ate up most of our time making fun of you for making poor movie recommendations but before <laughs> we get out of here i gotta run down the list of course elimination chamber tomorrow night wwe on peacock let's start at the top let's run through the cards real quick sammy i want to know who's your pick to take home the W will be first things first men's elimination chamber, United States title on the line theory Rollins, Gargano, Reed priest and Montez Ford. Who you got? I can't tell you how Bronson Reed is going to get eliminated. Uh, I can tell you that as much respect as I've always had for Seth Rollins, it went through the roof when he showed up with the big red boots on raw. Like, I don't know if people realized how culturally relevant and of the moment how those quick, big red boots are quick. It happened. I saw them maybe Saturday for the first time online and he showed up on Monday. Hats off to Rollins stylist. It's literally, it's Lil Wayne. And it's Seth freaking Rollins. It's it's it resonates. Okay, I love when things resonate outside WWE. But regardless of boots, as I said at the top of the show, the the uh, uh, focus that Austin Theory has had on not only being the United States champion but keeping it 
and taking it to WrestleMania. I think that that's the understated story going into this show. Austin Theory to retain. I'm going to agree with you that Austin Theory will retain, but I'm going to throw this caveat your way. The name on everybody's lips Sunday morning when talking about this match, Montez Ford. It's been a long time coming. I don't know that it's time yet, but I think Montez takes one more massive leap toward mega stardom this Saturday night. To the female side of things, Sammy, I'm not even going to run through the entire field because you know who I'm picking in this one because otherwise I'll be sleeping on the couch. I think Mella takes it, (laughs) and I think Mella returns to form and maybe finally gets to be the one to knock off the EST. Look, I think that this this women's elimination chamber match is all about the fact that uh, we got one more women's main event, one more women's championship match coming to WrestleMania, and it's a chamber full of women that have been looking for that opportunity for a long time. Uh, I think Carmella's got a real good shot. You know, I think I, I think uh, I, I, she's going to be great, but... Don't patronize me, Sam. I think, I think this is going to be a coming out party for Raquel Rodriguez. Okay. And I think I think Raquel... It goes, okay, we we see all this potential, right? Raquel is just potential on a platter. And now she gets to take it to WrestleMania against somebody who has become the greatest athlete in the women's division in Bianca Belair. Can she hang on that level? We'll find out. You'll get no argument from me about Raquel. Raquel was my pick to win the Women's Royal Rumble match. I have been yeah. super impressed by Raquel recently. No doubt, just much like Montez Ford, mega stardom is around the corner. It may not be imminent, but it is not far away. Uh, the grit couple, Hall of Famers, Edge and Beth Phoenix, mixing it up with the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. I don't th- look, I love Edge and I love Beth Phoenix and I love the, I love the grit. I think that they're incredible, but I, I, you can't understate what Rhea Ripley has done in the last 365 days, in the last six months. The, the development in Rhea Ripley has been unlike anything else on this roster. Finn Balor is one of the greatest of all time, regardless. I don't think Rhea Ripley goes down at this show. I'm, I'm going with the Judgment Day. I think I got to agree with you, Sam. With as much love and respect and admiration as I have for Edge and Beth, not only as superstars, but as human beings, I have all the love in the world for them. But man, the Judgment Day, Edge's own creation is about to overtake him as far as what is hot, what is relevant, what is now in WWE. That doesn't mean I don't see Edge with a nice, great, spectacular, memorable WrestleMania moment in some capacity. But I'm with you, man. Rhea is the now. Rhea is the future. And Balor, man, this is Finn's finally trying to get his just due. He had it. He lost it. And Balor's on his way to getting it back again, in my not-so-humble opinion. And, man, batting down the hashes, Sammy. We're going to run it back. Lashley, Lesnar, three. I just need a name. I just need a name. We know what it's going to be. It's going to be violent. It's going to be ugly. There are going to be suplexes. There are going to be uncomfortable contact to the from knuckles to faces. It is going to be brutal. Lashley, Lesnar 3, who is the last man standing? I don't know if I want this to be made public. This is a tough one to make a choice in because I fear for my safety. Lashley. 
I'm going to text Brock's security No, 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 no of Reigns? There hasn't been any story on television, like on any show, by the way, you know, WWE or not, like the Sami Zayn story. But unfortunately, not all stories have happy endings. Everybody in Montreal goes home sad on Saturday night because Roman is in God mode. You mean to tell me, Sam, that the island of relevancy will be Roman Reigns in the ring because Montreal will be flooded with tears, the tears of the WWE universe? That's why they pay me the big bucks, kid. Hey, Sammy, thanks for hanging out, man. I appreciate it. Oh, this is great. Anytime. I'm real happy to do it. Thank you. This is fun. And where can everybody on the ATB uh, wavelength find Sam Roberts and everything you're doing? Well, if you just look up Not Sam Wrestling, if you like listening to podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, I'm there. If you go to youtube.com slash Not Sam Wrestling, you can see a lot of breakdowns and everything. And if you're going to be in uh, Los Angeles, uh, California, around the time there of of, uh, WrestleMania, you'll be able to see a live show at the Comedy Store, Not Sam Wrestling, live on Wednesday, March 29th. You can go to NotSamLive.com for tickets. Love it, love it. We'll keep our eyes peeled. I'll see what I can do about uh, popping in and saying, hey. Please uh, do. But in between, make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. Listen for free wherever you get your podcasts. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. And we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell. After the Bell.